This is a Rooster Teeth production. Compliments to my Iraqi road crawlers. Climb all eight legs into the stinky dragon guzzle our latest gulp. Bond. Brain bond. It's a mixture of fresh cranial berry juice, a shot of vodka, and topped with licorice-coated limbs. Careful, though. One taste of this intoxicant. Everyone want to give you a piece of their mind. Previously, our adventurers took on a battalion of Everguards by watering down the competition. Then they entered a full-fledged fight with Paralyte, putting an end to her world-policing plans. The tables were turned when Archie turned out to be Sordo's body possessed by a crimson cloud creature bent on chaos and collecting diagems. But who exactly is Entropa? And what are the diagems? Snag a stiff drink, let's raise some stink. January entry number 127. The flowers are beginning to blossom here in the land of Wuji Taiji. I wish I had the spare time to appreciate the local flora, but my research in the lost diagems continue to vex me. All signs point to this land for answers, but all my pursuits are met with dead ends. General Entry Number 213 I finally concocted some soothing ointment for my sunburn. The harsh summer sun is making my expeditions into the ruins of Wuji Taiji more tiresome, but I finally found one native that spoke of a ruby-colored stone. This is the break I've been waiting for. The diagems are here. They have to be. Journal Entry Number 302 This isn't what I expected at all in the dead of winter. During my latest excavation, I unearthed a crimson stone amongst the icy frost that appears far smoother than any natural gem or jewel I've ever come across. Is this the first of many diagem findings, or is this something else entirely? I, I feel drawn to it, like, like my gaze is met with one of its own. Perhaps more answers will come tomorrow as I plan to take a more hands-on approach. Ah! <laughs> Welcome to a brand new episode of Tales from the Stinky Dragon. It's uh, It's got that brand new stink on it, like freshly opened uh, out of the package, brand new episode. Ah, smells good. Yeah, listeners at home, we're trying something new. Instead of doing the bartender's monologue, we're also doing a performance art piece uh, with... <laughs> <laughs> well, who's going to be acting that out? I guess because we didn't hear. We heard you, Gus, doing this. Mondo? Or... No, who was sort of Jack? Jack? Jack, Jack. Jack. yeah. Jack. I'm, I'm excited to hear that. Yeah, Jack and Armando is who will be in the final version. The players here get to hear the rough audio of me acting it out, and then the people who are good at and the actual voices get to Release get to the Gus it. cut. Release <laughs> yeah, the <no>. Gus cut. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe as a bonus uh, someday, we'll release some of these, like, temp audio tracks that I do here. Even just the evil laugh and then the, ah! <laughs> <laughs> My favorite is when he does Paralyte. <laughs> Because <laughs> <laughs> nothing like it. So evil. Yeah, I know. Uh, it's just scratch audio. It's intended to help set the mood, but uh, it'll be better once uh, it's finally released. Consider the mood set. Yeah, the mood is set appropriately. We're back. We're going to pick up our story 12 hours after the events of Sheer Lake. Uh, it's midday, and the four of you find yourselves on the road traveling back to Boulderay. But you're not alone. In tow with you is a bruised and battered Dr. M, uh, a captured and eerily quiet Paralyte, and finally Sordo, still sphere-shaped, hovering in the back near two bodies, Prattle and his own. 
Oh, rough. We have Paralyte? Yeah, you all have Paralyte with you. Oh. Say that with confidence now. We have Paralyte! Yes, <laughs> yes! I feel like whatever the marching order is, I don't care. I need Paralyte in front of me, and I'm going to be behind her by like six feet with my bow drawn the entire time. <laughs> Just <laughs> eyes trained. Well, that's a good point. What is the marching order? Who's in front? Like, how are y'all laid out? So, obviously, Kyborg is behind Paralyte. Mm hmm we should probably have someone big and strong in front. Who should that be? All right, Bart. <laughs> Lead the way. Bart's in front. Bart's in Bart. front. I'll, I'll be right behind Bart. Oh, I was going to be behind Bart. We can be, I'll be next to you. Okay. We'll be in the same space. Yep. So we got Bart leading the way bravely. Right behind Bart, Mud and Gum Gum. Behind them is Paralyte and Kyborg. Where do you all think Dr. Ahem and Sorta will be? They're both passed out, right? Well, no, uh, Dr. Ahem is bruised and battered, but he's awake. And Sorto is also awake, but in his fear shape. So who's carrying the body? Yeah, tell me, who's carrying the body? I mean, maybe if someone in our party could like transform into some sort of like animal. I, uh, I'm not transforming the animal. I'll carry the body. I'm a big enough person. <laughs> I guess we don't have like a wagon or a, any sort of thing with us that we could transport them on and like pull it with our body. Mm -mm. Well, if it makes any, it any easier, uh, the bodies have been frozen in solid ice by the shear race to help preserve them during travel. Oh. <laughs> Wait, like Paralyte and Dr. Ahims? No, the bodies, uh, Prattle and Archie. Oh. Wait, Prattle and Archie are... Lifeless Dead. bodies. Mm -hmm. Correct. And then a hem is rolling. Yeah. And Paralyte is walking. And Sordo's and floating. And Sordo's floating. Correct. This is what you do when you we introduce way too many NPC characters <laughs> in the scene. We have no idea what's going on. And Bart is grooving. <laughs> Yeah, Bart's just going, la, 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 Yeah, fine. I turn into a camel, and I've got both the frozen bodies on me. Ooh, I'm going to write that down. Camel mud. Yeah, haven't done a camel for a while. I feel like that's your, like, your origin. Yeah, that was my first, I think that was my first animal. Wow. Was it? Are you technically in camouflage? <laughs> you're going to kill Chris. You're going to kill Chris if you keep up with those jokes, okay? <laughs> Uh, where do you all want, I guess you want, like, Dr. Him at the back with Sordo? Sure. Why not? Yes, and let's move on. I, I don't <laughs> so then he's behind me. They could also lead if you want or be up front. I'm just trying to figure it out. I, I just want eyes on basically everybody because there's been so many, like, cross-contaminatings. I'm just going to be the rear of the party with Paralyte and my bow and arrow trained so on. So let's, let's put Dr. Him and Sordo in between me and gum gum and mud sure okay that works great so like bart you're at the very front and then the npcs are right behind you the npcs yes. are yes. still moving yeah. sounds good yes well, what if gus is just like all right now you're back at the castle like <laughs> <laughs> well this is content is you all can you arrive <laughs> want to set this in the mind's eye we want to create a picture with no images uh, people have to be able to imagine how this is all happening yes okay. and everyone yes it feels like entertainment death to me but i'll take your word for it gustavo <laughs> yeah blind the there's nothing eye. that makes entertainment like questioning everything the dm does <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey that's how chris has gotten through this entire show okay and hey, people appreciate. love him in the comments thank you now that the marching order is uh settled in very descriptive detail what is everyone wearing i'm a camel we have that sorted <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm a camel kidding. done i'm kidding i was about to say i was about to go into detail <laughs> No, no, I'm, I'm kidding, naked I'm except for my suspenders of haggling. <laughs> and one sock. <laughs> oh, God. Mm, okay. <laughs> you put me at a loss for word there, John. Okay, so we have the marching order set up. Dr. Him, like I said, he's, you know, he's currently pushing himself along uh, in his wheelie chair, but it's kind of wobbly. Seems like he's kind of wincing in pain after your encounter with Entropa in the Immersium. 
And, you know, in the previous 12 hours after talking with Bray and the Shear Rays, it seems like the uh, immersed gateways are no more. It seems like the, mm -hmm. the gateways have been closed and are no longer working, which is why uh, you guys are on the road heading back to Boulder Ray. And what of Paralyte's forces? Because there's a lot of people there and I don't think we killed all that many. The Shear Rays and the portals flooding helped vanquish them and disperse them. And now without Paralyte to lead them, they're kind of scattered to the wind. Like I said, you have Paralyte with you, but she is unarmed. Her gloves and cloak have been removed. Uh, she doesn't seem to be very talkative. Seems to be, you know, lost in her own thoughts, maybe a little uh, embarrassed about uh, everything that seems to be uh, going on. Who has her gloves and weapons and stuff? Uh, Dr. Ahem has currently reclaimed those uh, okay. since he is like the quartermaster for the Infinites and has been responsible for some of these items in the past. He's the person with the most experience with them who you guys probably trust <laughs> more than uh, some of the other people. Just to reiterate, Prattle and Archie's body, or the body you knew as Archie, are frozen in solid ice, uh, and they are currently on Mud's back. I guess you probably have like a, a blanket or a towel or something down so that the ice isn't touching your bare camel skin. Let's retcon this and fix that. I'm a polar bear instead. Ooh. So that's oh. nice for you. So yeah, the polar bear is able to lug uh, the ice uh, blocks around with no problem. Uh, in fact, you probably like it a little bit, Mud. Yeah. No cold damage. No Can cold I damage. take a ride on this lead? No, I have two full bodies on me. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'll tell you what. Everyone, uh, just for fun, make a perception check for me. 16. 9. 27. 15. Hmm. That's all pretty good rolls. So everyone, except for Gum Gum, I'll say, the other three of you noticed that the dwarven body, it's actually probably Sordo's dwarven body, you know, when you all had encountered him in the past, he had a blotchy skin. However, it appears to have cleared up. You know, he's still uh, dead. No, there's no life in the body, but uh, the blotchy skin that Archie had is now uh, cleared up in Sordo's previous body. So was Sordo known as Sordo when he was a human or Sordo? Why don't you like ask it? Sordo? Yeah, why don't you ask him? Hey, Sordo. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this is probably pretty traumatizing that you're seeing your body while also still being a floating ball. Did you used to go as Sordo when you were in human form? Sordo replies, I used to be a dwarven archaeologist by the name of Sordomus Osviere, but I prefer Sordo for short. I used to travel throughout the lands pursuing any myths, legends, or clues that might lead to the long-lost artifacts known as the diagems. Hold on. Did that... I have no uh, whatever that thing was <laughs> that took over your body. Did it have the creative ability to decide this body's an archaeologist? I'll call it Archie. Is that where it got its name? That's a good point. <laughs> well, one day I was deep in the land of Wuji Taiji conducting an excavation of an ancient civilization, and I unearthed a mysterious glowing red stone orb. I reached out to exhume the sphere, but as my fingers touched the orb, my soul became trapped inside the sphere in exchange for another's freedom. Entropa. Upon this cursed exchange, Entropa seemed to suddenly possess my body. He took me along with him, imprisoned me in an enchanted satchel, and locked me away from the world. That's when he took on the persona of Archie. Entropa was in the, the ruby gem. Got it. Uh, okay. And Sortimus Orf, Orfusfi, what? What was the last name? It's easy. Osphere. Osphere. No wonder you turn into a sphere. It was in your name all along. I, it was like, meant to be. Yeah. That's like if like a guy that turned into a box was like, you know, square to miss box. <laughs> Boxman. <Chubimus. laughs> 
you know, this is pretty traumatic for me. I prefer you not make light of the situation. <laughs> yes. uh, yeah, sure, I'm just sorry. trying to get the exact understanding of what happened and how did Entropa get to where it's at. And so you got pulled into this orb that was a, uh, a, je- a jewel you found underground. And then he took over your body and then he put you in a, would you say a satchel? Yeah, he trapped me in a satchel. And then from the satchel, how'd you find your way into like a little, metal I don't orb. know, floaty dude? Yeah. Because I'm also assuming he's like a metal orb. It's tough to know how long I was in that bag, but one night, Achi, or should I say Entrapa, came across a mysterious traveler on the road, and that satchel was miraculously unlocked. I managed to escape from the clutches of Entrapa and was finally able to pursue a cure for my spherical condition. Wait, how did, the, how did you get into a ball, like a metal, like a ball? When I touched that redstone orb, I unintentionally freed Entrapa, and my soul took his place in the sphere, and then he put me into a bag. Oh, okay. Oh, I was like, okay. is this a soul-carrying <laughs> satchel or something? I just didn't understand. <laughs> he was locked in a satchel yeah. for so long. How do I get out of this? <laughs> yeah, <it's> a satchel. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sorry, Sordo. That's, that's really mean. Wait, how, <laughs> big, how big is Sordo then? Is he like like a baseball or like, like a soccer ball? Uh, Probably closer to like a, a soccer ball, I would say. That's a big, like a soft big satchel. It's a big ball. So then what's what's the significance of all these gems you were looking for, these diagems? As an archaeologist, I pursued many, many legends. And this particular legend says that there are six diagems and that each one of them possesses a unique raw arcane power. Some believe they are the original sources of arcana in the world of Phasa and mm-hmm. somehow connected to the deity Daya. But I don't put much stock in fairy tales. You'd have to talk to the true believers of Daya if you want to hear about that nonsense. I shall find all four of these to become the greatest wizard ever. Six. 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 But you you got there. Uh, What if we just, here's your body. What if we melted down that popsicle, cracked you open out of the ball? Could you just repossess that thing? Or is there like, how do we get you back in there? (laughs) Do we make your body swallow the ball? Kyborg's thinking (laughs) sort of like a kinder egg of some sort that he can just pop open. (laughs) Well, I tried touching my former body, but it had no effect. Maybe because there's no soul currently in his body to exchange? I don't know. This is the whole reason I traveled to Boulderay in the first place. I hope the Infinites could help me. That's why I encountered Dr. Him, who was empathetic to my situation. The good doctor pledged himself to uncover a cure for me. Yeah. And Dr. Him says, A promise I still plan to make good on Soto, even if it's the last thing I do. Thanks, Doc. Doctor Ahim, how good are you? Uh, are how good are you at uh, helping how good fix at you? frostbite? Doctor Ahim, how good are you at fixing frostbite? Because he might lose a couple of uh, vital pieces. Well, we'll we'll see. I think frostbite might be the least of our worries here. We have a lot of steps to get through before we have to deal with that possibility. I just imagine Gum Gum just, just pulling off a pinky finger like a <laughs> like body. snaps no. off. I was thinking it more like licking it and then getting his tongue stuck to it. <laughs> so <laughs> gross. That's a body sickle. Ah, uh, my tongue hurt. Can I talk to Parasite? <laughs> hey, Paralyte. No. Hey, Paralyte. Do we want to try to talk to Paralyte? Paralyte looks at you but says nothing. Hey, what? How did you know about the the big evil uh, thing that was uh, hidden inside of uh, our friend Archie? She looks at you with cold eyes and says, "Well, if I had known about that, I wouldn't have ended up in this predicament, would I?" Right. Well, then why were you trying to take over? Were you not aware of that? Because I thought you were doing that whole thing because you knew something we didn't. So were you just bad? <laughs> she says. <sighs> Clearly, I know many things you don't know. 
I don't even know where to begin with that question. Well, can you start with, so you didn't know about that this guy was inside, uh, Archie? (laughs) She doesn't answer. Okay. All right. So I just want to get an understanding of these diagems a little bit. So there was a diagem that was in Paralite's base that was in the middle that was being protected by that giant eel. And that's what we freed. And then Entropa took that diagem, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. And just to clarify, that base you're talking about was at the Shear Lakes. Is in the lakes. Um, So is that the only diagem that we know about right now? I bet you five bucks we've encountered another one and we didn't realize it because it was... Where's my amulet? Is my amulet one of the diagems? (laughs) (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. Your your what? Where's my amulet? There it is. There it is. Got to make sure we know which one we're talking about. Amulet du fromage. Where is it? Where's my amulet? You put it on the tree in New Valros to reconnect to the deity. Did he not take it off? Remember you joined it with a knives magic item? I thought I said I took it. It like disappeared in brilliant light. Okay. This is going to be like the the thing from Avengers where they didn't think about making it an infinity stone before and then they're like ah it was an infinity stone the whole time you just gave them the idea to make the amulet into no a i'm pretty sure <laughs> that was probably I, i'm gonna give them credit i'm gonna give them credit that they thought that was yeah an, your brother's uh, like oh totally i had that in mind all the time <laughs> right right just so. go go back and listen to the old episode yeah we can't rewrite those so wait that thing just showed up on me no it was on it was no. in the cave that we saw archie in. yeah it was in the cave but then it showed up on me uh i think i don't know if, did it show yeah it did show up on you didn't you wake up because and it was i wasn't on holding you? it Correct. yeah yeah i think someone else had it at first i think maybe gum gum had it yeah I, and yeah. then the next morning you woke up and it was on you mud okay when we found it it was on archie who we now know is in tropa it was next to archie Entropa. it was frozen next to archie Correct. in the ice so then that must have been a diagem so we got two that Count we think em. we Two. We got two, <laughs> count them, diagems accounted for as far as like we know of their existence. We don't know. Maybe. We don't, maybe. Yeah. We know nothing. Okay, move on. Oh, really quick character development and it's just to maybe like, you know, make things a little more chill. I say, hey, Paralyte, I- I'm sorry about your father's passing. I've lost family, and I know that that's hard. Despite all of our differences, I, I am sorry for his passing. <laughs> I like how big bad of the story, you're just like, hey, I'm sorry about your loss. And then I mean, Sleek I- pops up, and you're like, Hey, Paralyte, I'm so sorry. I I defend you. She just looks at you, Kyborg. She doesn't say anything. She just looks at you with like a cold stare. Fine. I was just trying to be a nice guy. Uh, Yeah, we'll give you an inspiration die, Kyborg. That was was very nice. Oh, hey. All part of my plan. Fools. (laughs) Okay, as you all are walking along, you hear the distant rustling of dirt and something squeaking. You turn down the next bend and are suddenly face-to-face with a charging Aurochs. Bart, make a strength-saving throw. Oh, because I'm right at the front, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm overcome by a This is what I get for being... Br- oh, frig. It's a four. The Aurochs doesn't have time to turn away from you as it turns around the bend, and it gores you with one of its horns. As it's coming towards me, I, I put both hands on my crotch area, and I go, <laughs> No! <laughs> well, your crotch is protected, uh, but your arm takes 14 points of uh, gore damage from an arm. Uh, uh, the spectacle orc yanks on the reins and readjusts his falling glasses. Oh, dearie me, I do apologize, folks. I didn't see you there. Can I offer you a ride or possibly a stick of gum? How about uh, like a healing potion? <laughs> the orc says, oh, I don't have any of those, uh, but perhaps my friend here does. Let me introduce you to my friend, Svindolin. Svindolin. 
and up with the orc is a halfling. By the way, you recognize the orc as being Oof. You've encountered him uh, in the past. Oh, yeah. yeah, and seated next to him is a halfling. He tips his hat and says, Guten Tag, I'm Schwindelin. Schwindelin? Schwindelin. Schwindelin. Who the hell are you, Schwindelin? That is not very nice. <laughs> oh, I'm traveling with Oof to sell my wares far and wide. You don't remember Schwindelin? He says you all met him in Urbloom. Wait, is this that one dude's uh, embezzler's like disguise? Is this more method acting from embezzler? Is embezzler a halfling? No, remember. he was a like a green one. He talked like this. <laughs> <laughs> embezzler. So, uh, Svendalin, we meet so many people, then they change into other people, and then we're like inside the spirit of other people. So you're gonna have to be a bit more descriptive to jog our memory at this point. We encountered each other at. Um, at the uh, uh, tavern in Yobloom. I saw you there. When did we go into a bloody tavern? Again, we, drink, we drink a lot, dude. I mean, we've been into a lot of taverns. <laughs> the Agatin pub. Oh, where, oh. The, where we had that fight. Oh, with the, the idiot, uh, Sleek. That's where no. we Was that the no, town? No, there's a big plant. Brink. Brink. Yeah, it's a big plant. So you all did fight Sleek at Herbloom. Uh, but I believe at the beer garden specifically, uh, you all encountered Brink at a doorway. And I took a nap. Yes. Oh, I believe right. So. And we knew at that point that Brink was going to be a good guy. Correct. I remember the beer garden. I remember a, a centaur. I remember fighting a big old thing from Little Shop of Horrors. Yeah. I don't remember you. I'm so sorry. <laughs> what What did we do? Did we say anything to you? Did we exchange <laughs> insurance cards? What did we do? burning this guy. Oh, dude. no, no. I just was... Uh, enjoying a beer at the beer garden and saw you all creating a commotion. Oh, all right. Okay, I'll I'll bite. What do you got to sell? What do you got there? What pe- what wares are you are you peddling? That's right. <laughs> Spindler. I'd like a bike. Also, I don't, I don't <laughs> like that all of the people that we encounter that are selling stuff is embezzler and swindler. Like it makes me not want to trust you. Svindelin. Okay, sorry. Forgiveness. Svindelin. Anyways, we, what, how are you going to steal from us? <laughs> He's not stealing. Oh, my God. It's just like... It's in his name. Spoiler, he can't steal from me. I don't have much money. It's true. Yo, Ahem, pay us up. We need our... What's our, our stipend or something? Oh, from Dr. Ahem? Yeah. I bet Paralyte has money on her, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. Should we pat her down? Uh, well, you all have already uh, uh, checked her. That's when you got her gloves and cloak off of her. She didn't have much else on her besides those and uh, some other weapons. I guess, yeah, Dr. Ahem would have uh, maybe given you some more stipend at this point when he encountered you all. Like uh, like 5,000 gold pieces? Or like, That's a, that sounds Maybe fair. not that much. Well, working hard. We're no longer interns, right? So we get paid an actual salary now that we've upgraded? Minimum wage, which in Boulderay is uh, $8 an hour more than Texas. Whoa. 18 gold an hour. I wonder if they do have a living wage in, in Herbloom or, or the other places. Is the minimum wage in Texas still under $8? I think so. Yeah, $7.25. Wait, can the state minimum wage be lower than the federal? $7.25 no. in Texas. Oh For context, when I was 16, I was making, I think, $6 an hour. Yeah. So it has barely gone up. Oh my God. Dr. Ahem has your pay. He tosses you all a big bag of coins. Who wants to grab it or catch it? Me. Bart uh, deftly snatches the uh, bag of coins. While also still holding my stomach from being railed by this <laughs> animal. <laughs> Just slowly bleeding out. Yeah. <laughs> You're getting blood all over the coins, Bart. Oh, come on. <laughs> uh, you can't spend those. Dr. Ahem uh, gives you the bag, Bart, and says, 
With everything going on in the town, I, I don't know if I'll be able to provide any more payment beyond this until we find out what's happening with the mayoral situation. I can't get that in writing. <laughs> that you're, you're not going to get paid? <laughs> until <laughs> conditions. Maybe. Asterisk. But for now, I can also give you this as a show of goodwill. Bart, he hands you an additional empty sack. Wow. How generous. <laughs> I, I open the sack and I look in and I go, what What does this do? Uh, when you open the sack and look in, it seems to be much bigger than uh, you expect looking at the outside of the sack. Oh, my goodness. It's one of those magic sacks that you can put a bunch of stuff inside. Like Mary Poppins. Yeah. Uh, could I test it out by picking a rock up off the ground, putting it in, closing it, and then opening it again? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, and grab a rock, pop it in. You put it in, uh, and you open it, and look, the back seems to be empty. How big is the brim, like the opening? It's about two feet or so. Not very, not huge, but, you know, good size. Put it on my head, and I'll look inside. No. I saw that coming. <laughs> I saw that coming. Yeah. Do Quick it. question. Do it. No. Quick question. Let me do, let me have my turn, please. <laughs> this is, Bart is saying this while trying to push away Gum Gum's what head. To do. <laughs> Could I ask where the items in the bag go when you put them in? Oh, yes. They're in the bag. I, but I, I just put a rock in and I don't see it anymore. Think about whatever you need from the bag, reach into it, and it will come to you. Okay, oh. I think rock, and I reach my hand in. You picture the rock that you put into it, stick your hand in, and Dwayne you feel a rock in your out. hand. You pull it out, and it's that same rock you put in there. Okay. Oh, oh, me next, me next. I reach inside and I pull out a middle finger. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, uh, Kyber, why don't you give me your metal arm for a second? No, 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 no. <laughs> hey, Barb, I was too busy looking up which state had the lowest minimum wage. What did? How much money did Ahem give you? Uh, I also was too busy with this bag to remember what that was. <laughs> How much was it? Uh, Bart, you look into the bag and you estimate there's about 2,000 gold pieces in there. Not bad. Okay. Just for me, right? <laughs> I mean, you're holding it. You're, yeah, you're holding it. Possession's nine-tenths of the law. Okay, do we want to do even split or do we want to kind of do a pool like we have in the past? I feel like the pool works fine. Did we do a pool in the past? I don't think we yeah. ever did a pool. I think Maybe it was we all turns. got... No, on the on embezzler ship, we took turns and then like each of us were just like, okay, and we just had a collective amount that we were... That was Suavier, by the way. Embezzler in disguise as Suavier. Excuse me. Sorry, guys. Mm. I remember us taking turns. I don't remember us going from a pool of money, but whatever. Um, I guess we can decide what we want and then if I remember right everyone like took a turn and then some people got a little extra like it wasn't an even split like if somebody wanted something uh, some people were willing to forego some money if they got what they wanted as well right or we could all just add 500 gold to our now each of us if we split this evenly it's 500 gold pieces a person and I think I know what I want Schwindelin hears this and invites you all up into the wagon. After you're all on board, you whips the reins and the aurochs begin moseying on up the mountain to Boulderay. Schwindelin opens up several boxes and crates, revealing his assorted inventory. As always, please, if you give us a follow on social media at Stinky Dragon Pod on Twitter and Instagram, social media is the lifeblood of podcasts. If you could share it, interact with us, use hashtag Stinky Dragon Pod. We'd really appreciate it. We have some new merch. We have the Smarsh is King shirt available now. Imagine the most regal of giant purple worms clad with a shimmering crown. Can you visualize the beauty in your mind's eye? This, my friends, is what you could be adorning your stinky self with via T-shirt found at the Rishi store. 100% of the proceeds go straight to Smarsh. So if you're truly loyal to the crown, then you know what to do. Hashtag Smarsh is king. And don't forget, we're going to be at RTX here in Austin for a one-shot. Buy tickets to see it live coming up soon, July 1st to 3rd. You can get more information at rtxevent.com. 
If you interact with us on social media, you might be an NPC in an upcoming episode, like in this episode, Lucky Cat Pat, named after at Lucky Base Cat 88. And I want to give big thanks to our voice actors. Entropa is our own Armando Torres. Sordo is voiced by Jack Patillo. Paralyte is voiced by Hannah McCarthy. And Dr. M <coughs> is voiced by Micah Reisinger, who you may also know as the writer of this campaign, editor, composer, uh, man about town. Do we want to roll? What's a good roll to determine our buying order? Or do we care? I think Bart's gone first. Yep. Yep. Before you purchase Bart, uh, Schwindelin says, I am also open to trading any items you may have. I would be willing to pay fair goals for interesting items. How much for the Paralyte? <laughs> <laughs> it's two of them. Here's a pair of them. Oh, God. <laughs> How much would you pay for an instrument of illusions? I'd be willing to give you 20 gold for that. Like stop. How about a hundred? <laughs> oh, no, no. Brand new? Maybe. This one's been used. Uh, I don't know if it has been. <laughs> <laughs> Which is maybe why I want to sell it. <laughs> Wait, can't you, like, snap your... Ooh, once it's off the lot, it loses 75% of its value. Well, could I snap my Haglin suspenders and say, well, a hundred sounds like a pretty good deal to me. <laughs> What do those suspenders do again? They give you like a... Any advantage on... Like charisma or something? I mean, they'll give me 1d4 of damage. Yeah. You already took 14 from that Aurochs. I receive a 1d4 bonus to my next persuasion check. Okay. Also, Bart, I have two potions of healing if you needed one. Okay. I can heal with magic. Oh, God, I'm sorry. I should be okay. Go ahead and make a uh, persuasion check then. Uh, 16 plus a d4. So it's a 17 total. And I take 1d4 of bludgeoning damage. Mm. A three. Oh, no, no. I'm I'm pretty sure. 20. Even with a 17? <laughs> you can see right there, he rolled a 20. Oh, did he? Yeah. Ah, uh, it's not worth it for me. I'm going to hold on to these babies. Uh, but as you're going through and looking for your instrument of illusions to pull it out, he sees uh, something that he is interested in. Oh, what about that porcelain tile there? Oh, we have a bunch of those from that journey up the echelon es escalon 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 yeah. um yeah i might be willing to part with it for the right price how much do you want 300 mm, that's a little much how about 100 200 uh hmm. 110 200 mm, 110 <laughs> i snap my suspenders again <laughs> Wait, how, many how many charges of my uh, healing word do I have? Okay, I I'm good. I, I can heal you up good. All right, make your roll. God dang it. It's a 13. 13. Roll your damage, too. I swear to God. Okay, one. Well. Good thing we leveled up twice. Oh, no, wait. On my... Hold on. On my suspenders... Every time this is used within a day, the damage increases by another D4. So I have to roll another oh, D4. Man. Oh, wow. Uh, crap. Another three. Hey. Okay, that's okay. Yeah, you did beat his roll, though. Mm, 120. Final offer. 150. <laughs> Just can't do it. <laughs> Fine, 120, 120. All right. So uh, go ahead and remove Two, that uh, one, porcelain tile from inventory. And he'll <laughs> and add 120 gold. Wait, didn't we have, like, a ruby? There's some other stuff that we got from the I have, a, ru one. I have a ruby. I'm sure on Gum Gum, there's probably like 500 gold worth of just random stuff. Yeah. He's a walking goodwill. I have a magic opal I'd be willing to part with because I don't know what it does. 
And then I also have a spyglass. He'll deal with you in just a second oh. once he's done dealing Sorry. with uh, Bart here. Yeah. All right, Barty boy, uh, what what do you want? Let's see here. What's you going by? What you going to do with all that gold? All, all that, that gold. gold inside your pants. I am so tempted to buy this piano figurine just for the one use of it. Is it a single use thing? Think of it like a porcelain piano figurine. And when you use your command word, it will turn into a perfectly tuned full-size piano. You may also speak the word while throwing it, which would cause 5d6 bludgeoning damage upon impact. And if dropped from above, it can deal 5d6 bludgeoning damage plus an additional 5d6 on any enemy that fails a dexterity throw. However, throwing or dropping it does destroy it beyond repair. You animal. It's a multiple use if you just play piano on it, though. Could you turn it back into a small? Sure, why not? Okay. So you can Ant-Man this thing. I could, but I don't know what the point of just having a normal piano is. <laughs> I just wanted something big and heavy that I could throw at people. Do it. Um, but then this vest of slow descent also seems pretty pretty useful. What does that do? The vest of slow descent, a vest that can billow behind you and cause you to take no fall damage upon landing. Although it gives disadvantage on strength saving throws against strong winds. Hmm. I don't feel like we've been in a lot of strong winds before, but I do feel like we've fallen before, and I've hurt my little self. I guess, yeah. Could you activate this if you were in battle and something threw you? I think it's just on me at all times. It's a bonus action, so I'm assuming, yeah? Well, yeah, If I would say if it gives disadvantage on saving throws against strong winds, that means it's always ready to activate. So mm-hmm. theoretically, yes. That's a pretty good one, too. Yeah, you know, Bart, Bart you know, is... Uh, He's really indecisive today, so he's going to take a look at the items and let another teammate go before him. Sure. He's, he's very generous. <laughs> Who wants to get, get a crack at it? I mean, I I have one thing that I will most definitely need that I don't think anybody else can get. Yeah. What's you getting? Uh, well, there's a thing called the hand cannon. It's an ingenious and hidden weapon built by an unknown artificer. Uh, it requires the wearer to be missing one of their arms and to be built a prosthetic one. In the barrel of the arm, filled with gunpowder, resides a single-shot small lead cannonball. As an action, the wearer lowers the wrist of the prosthetic arm and fires a cannonball using the wearer's dex modifier to single target. Uh, the shot deals 46 bludgeoning damage and 46 fire damage if it hits, and the creature must take a DC 16 strength saving throw or be knocked prone. You can only use it like once a short rest, and it costs one or two gold pieces of gunpowder. I think I need that. No, I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> you have everything else listed. <laughs> it, re- it requires the wearer to be missing an arm. You, you just look over and gum gum sawing off his arm. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to point out that one was submitted to us by a uh, person on social media. Thank you at Ikari Senpai on nice. Twitter for sending that to us. Yeah, everything else is like magic and stuff. This is the one thing where I was like, oh yeah, I guess Kybor could probably use that. <laughs> you Do you have enough gold for it? Nope. That's what I'm going to haggle. So I'm going to say Svindle, Svindlin? Svindlin, right? Ja. Yeah. Svindlin. <laughs> How's it going, buddy? Just, just shoot, shooting the breeze. Just shooting the breeze. Yeah. Can I turn back <laughs> into mud? Yeah. Okay. I slap your butt. All right. And I say, uh, see, see, I don't even need the entirety of this thing because I already have a prosthetic arm. I just need the cannon component. So, like, I'll give you, I think it'd be fair if I just gave you, like, 350 for this. Mm. Mm, yes, I like that sound. Mm. Make a persuasion check. Okay. I don't want to have to, but I have the dread helm, and I could also intimidate him. I like when we shop is the only time we use the items that we bought the last time we <laughs> shopped. 
That's a three. Okay. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna use my inspiration die. Wow. Roll it in again. Okay. A little bit better. And then I'm gonna roll a d4. That's a 13 plus three. All right. 16. Come on. Come on. Come on. I rolled a 17. (laughs) (laughs) Mm, I can do 350 if you give me your arm. no. That seems like a fair trade. No, no. Come, <laughs> come, quiet it down. What if you just, what if you just give him a hand? <laughs> Wait, I'm confused. Yeah. Is the hand cannon another prosthetic? It's like an add-on to his existing one. Right. But then if you take his arm, how is he supposed to use the hand cannon? Oh, that's his problem. <laughs> how about a, uh, a test of some sort? Perhaps a wager. <laughs> Maybe we can test my accuracy with my bow. And if I can pass your test, then you give it to me for 350. How about the test is we count your gold and see if you have 750. Okay, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to level with you here. Uh swindling. I don't have that much money. But think of all the good I can do with this hand cannon by blowing away bad guys with it and how cool that would look, right? Mm, that will feed my family when they're hungry. Okay, mm. all right. Think about all the good you've done in the land. You're right, but I freed a bunch of people. You know, we're keeping this land safe, so I think 400, 400, all up to 400, just because I like you swindling. I'll do 740 if you throw in your shield. Wow, that's great. That's a great offer, but no. Uh, listen, I don't want to. He needs that shield. He wears it all the time. <laughs> I don't want to have to get to this point, but, you know, I can get pretty scary sometimes, and so I put I put my prosthetic arm on him, and I kind of and I grip a, his shoulder pretty good, and I say, <laughs> I think you're going to give this to me for 450. Should I roll an intimidation? Are you, try, are you trying to intimidate? Oh, yes, absolutely. Okay, yeah, make an intimidation okay, check. Right. Yeah. Uh, again, I, I'm I'm wearing the dread helm, so my eyes are glowing red, so I have advantage on intimidation checks. So that's a <laughs> four and a... It's <laughs> yeah, nice. a two. Ah, no! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he beats that roll easily. He farts while he tries to intimidate him. I'll do 500 if you throw in that longbow of triumph. I'm not going to give you the longbow of triumph, but I will do 500 if it comes to that. Come on, Swindlin. 750. No, I don't have 750. Unless it's You have failed every roll, every attempt to try to haggle here, Can't and break. you're still refusing to move. Yes, yes, right here. Yes. I owe you money. Here's two fifty. You don't have to give me wow. two fifty. That's too. That's too generous. I don't remember how much we spent on gumbo, so I'm just gonna assume we're square now, and that's how it works. Okay. All right. I have a hard time accepting this kind of handout. This is this is very generous of you. Uh, yeah, but you're gonna be but, taking a hand cannon, so you need it. Uh, okay. Well, what was the final offer? You know, let's come on, come on, Svindelin. Like friends, friends and family discount. Seven mm, fifty. <laughs> you have failed everything. You're getting nothing out of here. You, yeah. I mean, you, you did not do any anything on those checks. Uh, Mud, you said two fifty. Yeah, I gave it. Okay, to you. Uh, fine. I will do seven hundred. Seven hundred fifty. All right, seven hundred. It is. <laughs> You're the worst. All right. You're the fine, worst at fine. this. You're so bad at shopping. Seven fifty. Seven fifty. There it is. Seven hundred fifty. Oh. All yours. Enjoy. Uh, I give 85 gold pieces back to Mud. Oh, how nice. That's all I have, except for seven pieces of silver. All right. Thank you for the uh, loan. We are square. Your debt has been settled. Yay. Gum gum? 
Oh, can I, uh, can I sell this uh, magic opal? I don't know what it does. He looks at the opal and pulls out like a jeweler's loop and examines it closely. Oh, magic, is it? Yeah. I'll give you 200 gold for that. But it's magic. What kind, hey, what kind of magic does it do? <laughs> oh, this is very mundane magic. It is uh, transmutation magic that affects any weapon you're wielding. Forever? Temporarily. Oh, okay. And then I also have this spyglass. <laughs> you have a spyglass? Yeah. Where'd, where'd you get the spyglass from? I got it from, uh, like, no uh, hair, uh, one of the people in the prison. Oh, oh, that's right. <laughs> like, I use it on the sh- ship to look far away. That's right. I forgot about that. Oh, that's way beyond what I can afford. What couldn't you afford? You just took all the Kyborg's money. <laughs> I should say, I don't want to pay you what you would want for that. I could give you maybe 100 gold pieces for that. So 300 for both of them? Yes. Can you make it 500? Uh, I could do 400. Or 25? Make a persuasion roll. Okay. I'll use my bolster thing to have it charged. Okay. Nice. 14 and then my bolster thing. So that's an extra three. So that's 17. 17. All right. Let's see here. Oh, yeah. His roll is nine. He'll do 425. Oh, wow. Okay. That's a very generous bargain. Thank you. Okay. So you you uh, get rid of your spyglass and your uh, magic opal. You have anything else? You know, as you're pulling your stuff out, he's like look, kind of looking over your shoulder into your bag. What's about that spin? Oh, that's Winky Face Fox Potion. Oh, my Winky Face. Yeah, also my Winky Face Fox Potion. Doesn't that give you luck or something? Nah, it's a Winky Face Fox Potion. <laughs> <laughs> I can give you 75 gold for that potion. 100 for the it's a Winky Face Fox Potion, <laughs> not just a normal Fox Potion. Go ahead and roll a persuasion check. 22. Wow. You're good at this, Gum Gum. Lord. I'm just, it's because he has a, he actually has a positive modifier on this, whereas Kyborg has a negative modifier on all these checks. I'm dying. I'm uh, Gum Gum has plus five. Kyborg is negative two. Uh, yeah, uh, he rolls a two. Uh, sure, 100 gold for a winky face fox. He's just so irresistible. I just love him so much. He is. Gum Gum's rich. How much for my Acme box? <laughs> yeah, you should get rid of that the, one. I agree. The Acme box. He bought that mm-hmm. last round. That was Arc 4 shot. All it's done is exploded my the face. The one time he used yeah. it, it exploded on him and almost killed him. Um, 200 gold. I, yeah, I would take that. I would take that. You paid 750 for that. Or that's what the original price was. I don't know if you haggled it down. Price little items here. I know. Yep. It's Mystic GameStop. <laughs> I don't appreciate that. Blaine just made the same joke I made, but then Barbara laughed that time. <laughs> His delivery. <laughs> Well, you didn't say Mystic, did you? No, I didn't. Is that what won it? Factor. Mystic <laughs> game so puts, stuff. Yeah, puts it over the edge. Maybe okay. maybe uh, Blaine needed to laugh more. <laughs> yeah, I did just get my butt kicked in a bid. If, if I, I'll sell you the Acme box, and if you sell me the random acts of kindness. I actually have a question about the random acts of kindness. It says 1D8, and then it says in parentheses 1D10. Why don't you read the description to me and I'll, okay. I'll clarify what that means. Random acts of kindness, a rare battle axe that keeps on giving 1d8, in parentheses 1d10, plus 2 slashing damage. 
friendly steal, plus two bonus to attack rolls with this weapon, and then any critical hit will trigger a bonus effect with this weapon determined by rolling a d8, and there's a bunch of different effects. You, you love these uh, random things that happen. Like It's like your wild magic when you rage. Mm-hmm. So what the parentheses means is it's 1d8 if you uh, wield it with one hand, but yeah. it's 1d10 damage if you wield it with two hands. I wondered if that's what it was. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. That's got to be worse damage than your actual battle axe you're using Yeah, right but now, my, right? my other one is two hands, so if I had a shield or another weapon, then I could do more. I will sell you that and all my gold for the Rainbringer staff and the random acts of kindness. So you're looking at 1350 in gold, and the Rainbringer staff is a rare staff that brings a storm. Gain a plus one bonus to spell attack rolls, ignore half cover when spell attacking with the staff. Cloud magic, this staff contains 10 charges that can be used throughout the day. Staff regains 1d8 plus two charges at dawn. Then you can use it to either create a gust of wind, thunder wave, sleet storm, ice storm, or cone of cold. Yeah, he'll do that. Okay, that's an excellent deal. Thank you. Don't open that box. It will explode. (laughs) (laughs) Is that it for you, Gum Gum? That would be it. I am now a flower and a... What does this staff do? Rain wizard. (laughs) A rain wizard. They go so well together. First the rain comes (laughs) in, the flowers grow. He's a lord of the rain. All right, now finally, uh, back to Gum Gum. I'm sorry, back to Bart. All right. I would like to buy your Thunderstun drum, please. If I may describe it to you, person who's selling it. You use an action to strike this drum sonorously. I don't know what that word means. I've never heard it before. Neither. And it can be heard up to 300 feet away. All creatures in a 15-foot cone must make a constitution saving throw or take 5d6 thunder damage and be stunned until the next turn. It can be used once per day and regains its charge at dawn. And it's by bonus underscore action. Yeah, and if people want, they can uh, check out that Instagram profile. Uh, They make uh, a bunch of really cool stuff. So I think uh, what it means, like uh, sonorously, it's like it's like a loud beat, like a loud drum, like that reverberates, and it plays thunderstruck. Thunderstruck. I would like to buy that. Ooh, four hundred fifty. Uh, how about four hundred? I like nice even numbers. Mmm, four hundred fifty is even. And the five makes me a little nervous. Okay, four hundred sixty. No. Oh no. (laughs) Oh. 400 even. Suspenders of Hagler. <laughs> All right. Go ahead and uh, make your rolls. I rolled a 19 plus 3, so 22. Ooh, that's a good roll. And I'll just do my B4 damage. Oof, I took seven points of damage from my suspenders. Mm, how about 420? Uh, I, did, I did seven points of damage to my shoulders for 400, sir. <laughs> He has no idea what you're saying. (laughs) (laughs) It dislocated my shoulder. Fine, fine, 400. All right, gimme. 75% of you are really good at haggling. Hey, Gus, how would I resolve stealing from this guy if I wanted (laughs) (laughs) I'm not even kidding. We would have to make sleight of hand versus perception checks at the minimum. I'd be down for that if you are. Yeah, you can absolutely try it. There may be, just FYI, there may be uh, alignment repercussions with that as well. Oh. Oh, no, because that's been a huge component of Kyborg's character. Just saying. Just saying. <laughs> what do I got to do to get a little bundle deal from you? What are you looking for? I'm looking for uh, maybe a potion of healing and uh, the vest of slow descent. Buy the vest of slow descent for 300 and I'll throw in the potion for free. Let's do it. Dunzo. Easy. All right. Bart wipes his hands off. All done. Thanks for nice. doing business with me. And he reaches his hand out to shake. Uh, he reaches his hand out as well to shake. 
Bart pulls him in closer and says, you better not try to screw me over ever again, you hear me? <laughs> <laughs> I'm an honest businessman. How did I try to screw you over? Bart lets go of the hands and just does the pointing at his eyes and pointing at him and then walks away. <laughs> Terrifying. He looks very confused. Just as I intended. <laughs> All right, Kyborg, so what, are you going to become a thief? I mean, this guy took $750 for something that should be mine. Oh, man, I'm trying to reason with myself. No, I'm not going to be a thief. You got your thing. Yeah, w one thing. Everyone's like, oh, the, oh, the, oh, let me buy this shoelace of precious for 400 <laughs> And I got nothing on me. He doesn't want anything for me. And I get a Hey, yes. you hit you hit all your arrow shots for a reason. You've thrown a lot <laughs> of stat points into one area. Yep. So very this true. is what happens. Very true. I'm going to go off while you guys are doing this, and I'm just going to start punching trees. I'm, just, I'm blowing <laughs> off steam by punching trees. He's going to go Minecraft. So, uh, <laughs> you know, as this was going on, you all were still, you know, walking and traveling. I uh, haven't bought anything yet. Along the path. Oh, you haven't? Oh, <laughs> mud. I'm sorry. Gone. Mud. Uh, I'm sorry. That's my bad. But just for, for a reference, you all are still traveling. Just I'm going to put that out there. As this is oh. all going on, you all are still making your way downtown. Mud. I'll make this quick. Uh, sir, I do have one item that I'd be willing to part with. I have this wand of web. It's fantastic. It, you know, lets you do spider stuff. So how much for this thing? He picks it up, kind of weighs it, balances it in his hands, looks at it through a loop. Mm, 75 gold. Uh, I suppose I should haggle. This is the part of D&D that I would never do in real life. <laughs> scares the living bejesus out of me. Well, in D&D, it's just rolling a die. Yeah. I don't think I have anything that's going to give me any sort of uh, bonuses, but I can slap my butt and try. So how about 100? Uh, yeah, make your roll. 15. 15. That's a pretty decent persuasion roll. Mm, okay, 100. Okay, here you go. She rolled a 10, by the way. I think I've used this once. <laughs> I don't know why I even have it. I turn into a spider. Why do I have this? Did I buy it or did I get given it? Oh. As you're going through your bag, pulling that stuff out. What about that other rod? No, I like that other rod. I could take that off your hands for 75 gold. You'll find it hard to move. I, I use that on like a daily basis. I'm pretty sure I couldn't hurt with it. Mm. That's a lie. My good man, if I were to want to buy Frightening in the Bottle, could I get, if if I got the Frightening in the Bottle... Why, why don't you read that to us? All right. A Frightening that lives in a bottle. Frightenings are small spirits that have a language with only one word. <laughs> three million tones in which to say it. Once per day, the user can remove the cork of the bottle and say, <laughs> whereupon the Frightening will pop its head out. If no command is given, the Frightening will immediately bust forth from the bottle and stretch itself to ten times its size, yelling, <laughs> and cast fear on surrounding creatures. I can also give it a command, and it can sneak up on a creature before casting fear. Upon successful, I didn't read this part. Upon successful end of the spell, the frightening will return to its normal size with its head poking out of the bottle and beseechingly ask for approval. User must respond with upon which the frightening returns to the bottle and stoppers the cork. If the user forgets to do this, the frightening gains the trait underappreciated and departs the bottle to find a better community elsewhere. Hmm. That's from user Brendan. Brendan. Yeah. I'd like that in the gauntlet of Chad Amun. Don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Whoa, what's that? The wearer must, from a closed fist position, extend outwards their pinky and thumb and thereby rotate on a horizontal axis quickly their hand. A successful activation of the gauntlet will deepen the user's voice, overly attract them to the Bacchanalian festivity, and make them disinterested in the pursuits of the mind. 
whatever the hell that means. That's cool. You roll a d6. A two to six will grant the wearer plus two temporary charisma for the next two hours at the expense of negative two wisdom. Upon rolling a one, the gauntlet slaps the user in the face, dealing 1d4 bludgeoning damage. So attracting them to a Bacchanalian festivity is like attracting you to like partying and drinking and you're not interested in scholarly pursuits, let's say. That's also from Brendan, and that's an incredible one. I like that one. Yeah, that's, well, uh, that, that, that's one of our producers, by the way, Brendan Carruthers. Oh, uh, good items. Yeah, Mutt's not prone to partying, but Mutt also really hates that he is negative one on charisma. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if I were to buy both of those for a little combo package, what, what are we looking at here? Oh, Schwindelin pulls out a little green, like accountant's cap, uh, visor, and puts it on and says, mm, 600 gold. But what if he that's uses not, his uh, <laughs> his GameStop Schwindelin Rewards uh, membership? That gives yeah. him a 10% discount, right? Yeah. No, no, no. I have so much magic, none of which helps me shopping. Cast sleep on him, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> all of his items are ours. <laughs> yeah, uh, if only Mud were not uh, such a nice guy, I, I could threaten with some pretty bad magic. Could you do 475? Oh, that's a big discount. It is, but you didn't give me any discount when I asked for a discount originally for this combo. Make a persuasion check. No, nope, that's a one, so no. Uh, <laughs> well, let me roll, let me roll. Maybe I'll roll bad. 15, no. Uh, 600 no. volt. Right, just give me the threatening in the bottle and we'll call it a day. Mm, 250. Fine, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited for our shenanigans. Shenanigans. <laughs> if I could make a trade on a weapon, sir, a battle axe. <laughs> uh, what are you trying to trade? Just your normal battle axe? I'll trade it for um, a great axe or a hand axe. Do you have just a regular battle axe? I'll trade you for it. Oh, no, sorry. Don't carry anything mundane like that. Okay. Maybe you'll have better luck in Boulderay. I specialize in rarities and antiquities. Gotcha. The sun slumps behind the vast Highlands Mountains, the dusky sky smattered with shades of indigo and crimson. From the front of the wagon, Oof hollers out, Here we are, folks, the southern gates of Boulderay. Ah, nothing like the quiet serenity of Boulder. Kaboom! Pop! Pow! Explosions burst overhead, and Pox the Aurochs bellows, and the wagon swerves violently. The wagon's about to tip over on its side. Uh, everyone go ahead and make a dexterity saving throw. That right. escalated. Here we go. 23. Oh my god, I'm so graceful. 16. I'm gonna use my inspiration die and roll again. Alright. 16. I rolled a 1, I'm gonna roll again because I'm lucky. <laughs> okay, 12. You've had bad luck today. Alright. Bart, uh, unfortunately, the tumbling wagon tosses you onto the road. You take a little mm. bit of road rash damage. You take 3 points of bludgeoning damage. But between the Oryx, the suspenders, and this cart overturning, Bart is the only person that's gotten injured this entire episode. Could I cast Cure Wounds on myself? Sure, go for it. As you're doing that, I should, I should comment that Schwindelin also falls out of the cart. Oh no, I'm going to help him pick up his lightning arrows. <laughs> and uh, we, when you see when he falls out that his beard falls off of his face. Ah, oh, dang I swear. it. I and, swear. Uh, his hat comes off of his head. And you recognize your old friend, Bezler. I knew it! I told you guys. He's a goblin, isn't he? Yeah. Come by and see me in my shop here in Boulderay. I'm setting it back up. I'll see you later. And he got us up all his stuff real fast and runs into town. Should I take Bezler. a shot? Bezler. I got an attack of opportunity, guys. Should I take it? No. I mean, we have what been buying do to some you? stuff from him. Yeah. <laughs> we have been buying some stuff from him. He charged me full price. <laughs> How dare he? What 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 race is Embezzler? He's a goblin. Okay. Bezler. 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 Yeah, Embezzler is his father. 
Mark Bezler. <laughs> Mr. Bezler. <laughs> Mr. Bezler. Yeah, so Pox the Oroch is loose, and uh, she seems to be pretty frightened by the loud sounds overhead. There are fireworks being uh, set off. She's kicking and tossing her head around. Fireworks is her celebration? Oh. She got really bad aim. <laughs> Can we approach? Yeah, but she's a uh, Pox is kind of blocking the way into uh, a boulder. So uh, someone with animal handling just calm down Pox the Orochs. Pox the Orochs. Uh, sure. Mud approaches and billows his cloak and tries to calm the Orochs. All right. How are you going to do that? Animal handling? No. With religion. Yes, animal handling. <laughs> I roll a 20. Mm. Oh, wow. Your cape and your demeanor mesmerize Pox, and uh, she quickly calms down, and uh, you stabilize her angry disposition. For a visual aid, this looks like the scene from George the Jungle, where Brendan Fraser is, is hanging out with that horse. No one's seen near the end of the film. I see, I see. Micah says you're more like a matador. <laughs> oh yeah, with a cape. But wouldn't with yeah. the, cape, the cape? Yeah. Wouldn't that anger it? <laughs> yeah, usually it does. It's 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 not red. It's uh blue, I guess. Yeah. So uh, you all uh, are able to get pox out of the way. The southern gates into Boulderway. Boulderway. The southern gates into Boulderway <laughs> are are before you. They're uh, unbarred and open. Okay, we go in. Okay, everyone, go ahead and make a perception check. Perceive that guard Grattle's not here. Huh. Eight. Eleven. Nat twenty plus six. Twenty six. That's 13. Okay. Kyborg, uh, as you enter through the town gates, you find yourself losing focus on what's going on around you because of all the loud and shimmering explosions overhead. Mm. Mud and Gum Gum, you both immediately notice a multitude of Boulderayans crowding the town square, cheering as fireworks are set off overhead. Some nearby chickens are clucking and running around terrified. Bart, you manage to shuffle through the crowd and notice a blue banner overhead that reads Election Day, and you discover a path around the crowd and catch a glimpse of an elf in the center of the huddled mass. He has spiky blue hair and a snake flying around his head. He's liberally waving around his hands, casting colorful bursts of fireworks into the sky. The crowd's chanting, Tussler, Tussler, Tussler. A smug smile comes across the elf's lips, and he holds up his hands, hushing the crowd. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Boulder Ray. Thank you. All right. Hey, you know me. I grew up in this town. I studied at Boulder Ray Heights School, right? Went to Temple of Daya on Sundays with all of you, say, eh? laughed with friends over a pint at the Throne Gauntlet Tavern. Okay. So you can trust me when I say it's time for us to spread our wings. And the crowd starts cheering. My cheers with them. <laughs> yeah, so does Gum Gum. Nice. It's time we grow as people and find our voice. It's time we pick ourselves up from this crumbling economy and step into a new age of prosperity. Bring Tussler. If you vote for me, Brink Tusla, that's exactly what we're going to do. Starting with Boulderway Brink Incorporated, we will provide countless construction jobs for use in this town and across Faza. With our patented rampway technology invented by Dr. Ahem, we will build a bolder way to the future. Vote Brink Tussler for mayor. Thank you. Wow. Thank you so much. <laughs> Brink notices you guys in the crowd uh, and motions for you all to join him off to the side. Hey, Brink. Brink, Brink, what's up, my buddy? I'm sorry that you're, one of you died. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, it's about time you guys got back here. Look, um, I need your help. 
I think someone's been following me, maybe looking to take me out before this year election because of me running for mayor and my bold new ideas for Boulder Ray. Mm. Who do you think who do you think it is? I think it's one of my opponents in this mayoral race, if you ask me. Lewis P's and Q's or maybe one of his supporters like Cardi or Sophie. Why do you think they're coming after you? Have you has there been an attempt? I just have a bad feeling about it. There's always someone following me with a hood up, doesn't seem to leave a trail, super silent, all worrying things. With a hood up. Hmm. Yeah, I think you should find Lewis and see what's going on. I think he was last seen at the library, or uh, maybe you can ask someone over at Throne Gauntlet Tavern. Okay. I mean, we could we could talk about doing that, but we just got back from, like, genuinely huge battle. We'd like some maybe some downtime before you're telling us what to do. <laughs> what are we supposed... What are we, we're supposed to look for these magic crystals. Do you get one of those? <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a diagem? He looks at you quizzically and says, uh, I don't know anything about that. Okay. All right. this, yeah. <laughs> a different plot happening right now. With <laughs> hey, it's worth trying. We should just ask every single NPC we come across. Do you have a diagem? You know, it's just smart. <laughs> come on. Hey, listen, if you guys are willing to do this for me, then I promise that when I'm elected mayor, I'll promote you all to be the new infinites in... Yeah, we'll even throw in some PTO is one of your new benefits. Oh, my goodness. I mean, do we want that? Oh, this internship has been a little rough on all of us. So. Yes, but, and do we know what PTO is? <laughs> it means you'll be able to take vacation time. Gum gum. He puts his hand on your shoulder. Wow. Wait, why are you... What's up with that? He put his hand on his shoulder. I, I don't. Is he doing something weird? Is he casting a spell on Gum Gum? Uh, make a perception check. He's cast a spell over my heart. <laughs> Not twenty plus three. No, you don't notice anything out of the ordinary. No spells. Nothing arcane. Mm, was he stealing something from him? <laughs> you don't notice anything. You you think uh, maybe this is uh, his his political training coming out. Mm. Isn't he, like, good and on our side now? I, I thought. Yeah, he's running for mayor, and I'm going to be the town wizard. Just a, just out of curiosity, your opponent, Lewis? Yeah, it's uh, Lewis P's and Q's. He was Mayor Prattle's assistant. Oh, then why why would he not be suited to be mayor? What are, what are like, the two things you guys disagree on in terms of, you know, what you uh, stand for in this election? Well, I'm looking to the future with this new Boulder Way brink incorporated with lots of construction jobs. Lewis doesn't exactly see eye to eye with me on that. What does Lewis want to do? Why are you asking me? You should talk to Lewis to get to the bottom of that. While we're asking him if he's trying to assassinate you. I'm telling you, he's up to no good. You'll see. Uh. If he's trying to assassinate you, why don't you want us here protecting you? Thanks for the offer, Gum Gum, but I'd rather you crack this case uh, before someone gets hurt. Oh. Namely me. Oh, yeah. I think the tavern sounds like a good place for us to go anyways. We might be able to rustle up some grub to, at the very least, uh, put some rosiness back in the cheeks of Bart, who's had a bit of a rough trip from the lake. Oh, yeah. You just He pulls away his suspenders. You just see, like, red stripes down his arms. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not telling you all one way or another. Just making sure you're aware of all your options. If you wanted to, you all could split up as well. I'm not going to the library. <laughs> Was the library where you met the... Yes. The Cancun, yeah. Oh, I want to go to the library. <laughs> well, I want to tell uh, Brink that I'm voting for the goblin. 
The goblin? Yeah. Who's the goblin? Goblin D's nuts bring tussle, right? Vote for <laughs> you. You're going to get my vote. I vote for the goblin. Ah. <laughs> I grab Kyborg and drag him to the library. <laughs> no, okay. no, not reading. No. <laughs> so Mud and Kyborg are library bound. Is everyone going to go there or the rest of you going to the tavern? What's the plan here? Should we split up? Or- let's split. That's fun. All right, let's go to the tavern and heal your gorge in your stomach. <laughs> <laughs> Don't think. I, uh, could, uh, I could use a beverage. <laughs> might might leak through me, but we'll find oh. out. All right. Gum Gum and Bart head into the tavern. You open the tavern door and find it bustling with boulderayans. A small fire is crackling in the corner. A petite red scaly face pops out from behind the bar with a wide smile. Uh, you recognize Duncan. Hey. Well, look what the dragon dragged in. My favorite customers. What will you have, friends? There's three specials of the day that are marked at half price on the menu. And then there's a, a regular food and drink menu as well. Uh, the three specials are Moonshadow Mocha, Cafe Al Clay Golem, and Iced Mephit Macchiato. Mm. This all sounds good. Which of them heal wounds? Yeah, what's the, what's the, uh, what, what would you recommend? What's your favorite drink? If you're in the mood for something cold, I'd go with the Iced Mephit Macchiato. If you want something with a little more punch, I'd go with the Moonshadow Mocha. I, I'll, I'll take one of those Moonshadow Mochas. I could use a good punch. All right. Uh, what about you? Prince to you, uh, Gum Gum. Well, I guess I'll try one of the icy things. I don't want to get punched. <laughs> okay. Coming right up. So uh, for the Mocha, it's five silver. For the Iced Mephit Macchiato, it's one gold. Oh, no, I, don't, I can't afford that. I'm sorry. <laughs> Too rich for his taste. I have 12, I have 12 silver. <laughs> How about a Moonshadow Mocha for you two? You got enough for a gold in, in 12 silver? That's 1.2 gold? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you could do uh, 10 silver. I also need an axe. <laughs> All right, five silver. Here you go. Thank you. Five silver, and I'll take that and one axe, please. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're gonna, uh, we only have uh, food and beverage here, unfortunately. Okay. So uh, you're, Duncan gets to work making your drinks, and you look around, and there's various patrons sitting in the tavern. Some are wearing pins that read, vote for P's and Q's, uh, and a picket sign that reads, you can't lose with Lewis. You see other people wearing, vote for Tussler pins, and tunics that read, don't think, just brink. And uh, there's a few of them that are wagering on arm wrestling matches. Mm. What do you think we should do, Bart? I can arm wrestle. We should probably go talk to some people, huh? Yeah, I like I like that with the quest of information finding. Come, come, just like let's go do arm wrestling. I mean, you could definitely you could talk to someone as you <laughs> wrestle their arm down. There's nothing like bonding experience than physical activity. Right? Maybe we should talk to the people who don't want Brink to win. I think so too. I think we should find out what what the whole hubbub is between these two guys. Yeah. So, is there anyone in particular that's Lewis uh, pins? I see a couple people here. You see a few of them. There's a, a half-elf, a mountain dwarf, a halfling, a human. Well, I mean, I should go talk to the halfling. My people. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. you all uh, approach a halfling who uh, seems to have uh, some uh, Lewis paraphernalia on. And uh, he sees you all walk up to him, sticks out a hand, and says, Good to meet you. I'm Lucky Cat Pat. Are you guys voting for Lewis in the upcoming election as well? Well, you know, we're actually uh, the rare few undecided voters mm-hmm. in this town. So, Oh, uh, some swing voters. Yeah, we're trying to, you know, just get uh, very uh, easily persuaded people, I guess, once we hear everyone's opinions. Uh, if you make a good argument, who knows? They might get our vote. So, I mean, pretend that you're Lewis and you're arguing on behalf of your campaign for us. Yeah. Hi, nice to meet you. I'm Gum Gum. You're Lewis. I'm lucky. Lucky Cat Pat. <laughs> no, he just said you're 
Lewis. I think it's because you're wearing that pin that says Lewis. So oh. you're getting a little confused. <laughs> I was so confused. No, no, no. I'm uh, Lewis is who I'm voting for. Uh, I'm Lucky Cat Pat. Uh, and uh, you, you notice at this point that he has a black cat in his lap and he's petting the cat. Oh, kitty. And says, well, uh, I mean, really, you you should be, uh, you should hear it from the source, uh, Lewis, uh, directly. I mean, I don't know if I could do any justice to uh, to Lewis's words. Where is he? I don't know. I haven't seen Lewis for a little while. If you want, we could uh, arm wrestle, pass the time. If you win, maybe I'll give you a little bit of information. Yeah, okay. <laughs> come, come. <laughs> Up to you, bud. I will wrestle you, Mr. Okay. Not Lewis. <laughs> Very good. So just go and roll initiative. We'll see who who goes first in this arm wrestling match. I have advantage on initiative as well, but that was a nat 20, so. Okay. Lucky Cat Pat clears the table in front of him, and you win the initiative roll. You all clasp your hands together. Okay, the way this works is we'll be making multiple opposed strength checks, and with each successful check, you push your opponent closer and closer to the table, uh, sort of like a reverse tug of war. If you imagine a clock face, you both start at 12 o'clock, and you're trying to get Lucky Cat Pat's arm over to 3 o'clock while he's trying to get yours to 9 o'clock. Uh, since you want initiative roll, you'll have advantage on your first strength check. So go ahead and roll two strength checks and we'll take the highest. That's good. That's a one. <laughs> it's a 19. All right. I'm going to roll. I get a plus five on these. FYI. Mm, seven. You dig your elbow into the table and manage to get some leverage. You're able to push his arm to about one o'clock. Oh, and if you want, I forgot to mention this. At any point during the during a, a match, you can like make an intimidating stare at your opponent and try to oh, nice. <laughs> uh, try to like uh, intimidate them and the opponent gets disadvantaged like you you get into their head I guess I'll try and intimidate him extended eye contact intimidates me too mm. but <laughs> gum gum isn't trying to intimidate he's trying to be friendly but I think it comes off in such a grimace and a, a crazy like grin smile that it looks intimidating can that make sense <laughs> yeah yeah I got it all right so yeah go ahead and make a we'll still call it an intimidation check yeah there you go 17. 17. That's a pretty good roll. I rolled a 15. What's my instant? Yeah, you go, you win that roll. So Pat gets disadvantage on the next check. So go ahead and make your strength check, Gum Gum. That's a 13. And I get disadvantage. Oh, that's a 13 plus 5, 18. So even though, even with disadvantage, uh, Pat manages to uh, bring his arm back up to the starting position. You all are even, neck and neck. You're strong. <laughs> Pat says, quit talking. Uh, go ahead and make another strength check. <laughs> That's a nine. Pat rolled an eight plus five, 13. You see a vein bulging on Pat's head and he heaves your arm to the 11 o'clock position. Oh, you're losing a little now, Gum Gum. Can I um, use my mage hand to help Gum Gum? <laughs> uh, yeah, you can try that. Cute. Is it invisible? Did we figure that out? Is it? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I think it is. We'll, we'll give him a, a plus one for mage hand plus assistance. One? Does that work? It, a mage hand only holds like 10 pounds. Yeah, 10 pounds when you're doing this is quite, quite a lot of extra. Maybe like, mm, a, like a plus two. Maybe like a D, like a D four. Yeah, yeah. Mm, plus one. <laughs> Barbara snaps her real life suspenders. <laughs> Guys. <laughs> well, that's still twenty one. Oh, Pat gets a nine. So yeah, back at even. So you're neck and neck once again. Go ahead and make another strength check. Yeah, twenty two. Twenty three with the plus one. Oh yeah, twenty three. Oh, and that's a critical fail on Pat's part. That's a six. So uh, his arm is pushed two spaces back instead of one. You're on the verge of beating him. You just need to win one more strength check, Gum Gum. And I give him a big grin. <laughs> <laughs> of the friendliest arm wrestler ever. <laughs> Go ahead and make your strength check. Can I rage? Uh, sure, why not? Uh, all right, I have advantage on strength checks. So that's a 24. Plus one from the mage hand, 25. 25. 
against an eight. Beads of sweat trickle down Pat's forehead and his biceps start trembling. You see your opportunity and you slam his arm down <coughs> to the table. Gum Gum wins the match. You're very strong for a half league. I mean that not in a in a racist way. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> he says, oh, you, you beat me fair and square. So I got to tell you what's on my mind. I think Lewis would be a very meticulous mayor. Super strict protocol and bureaucracy. No cutting corners. That's the kind of thing I'm looking for. Straight to the point. Mm. And you feel like Mr. Tussler might cut some corners, do you? I think he's getting too fancy with his bolder way. We don't need that. I have yet to figure out what either of these candidates stand for. <laughs> We're using Ooh. very broad strokes terms. I, I feel like one of them is standing for the status quo, which is uh, Lewis, and then the Tusslers like uh, do things like uh, improvements and yeah. modernizing. I think that's a fair assessment. Pat also says, it's really close. It's hard to say who's going to win. Pastor Dev Ocean uh, at the Temple of Dai hasn't endorsed anybody yet. Maybe the pastor's endorsement will put one of them over the edge. If I've learned one thing, you never mix politics and religion. Mm-mm. Oh, yeah. wait. <laughs> so so you're a pretty big uh, Lewis fan I'm a Lewis booster Is there any particular Lewis boosters That are like super into Lewis the most? Oh yeah, Hardy and Sophie Definitely Lewis's most ardent supporters Where might we find uh, those two? Oh, them, they're always over at the library They're the librarians Gross Gross? <laughs> yeah uh, Gum Gum is, uh, he, he, he's had some traumatic experiences in libraries before. Oh. Yeah, it, get, it like, makes him, uh, has a gag reflex, which is why he says gross. Oh. Right, Gum Gum. Yeah. Well, I think you're a good guy. Well, I think you're a good guy, too, uh, Gum Gum. Hugs? <laughs> uh. <laughs> <laughs> <O> okay. <laughs> Do we, uh, maybe talk to some Brink Tussler supporters? Hold on, we need to resolve this hug situation. <laughs> yeah. What's I mean, I'm going for a hug. Yeah. He said, yeah, going for a hug. It's so great to meet you. Okay. Uh, he awkwardly, uh, gives you a little hug, too. Yeah. All right, we're friends forever. Bye. <laughs> Let's, uh, cut over to Mud and Kyborg. Both of you make your way across town over a familiar footbridge that seems to have been renovated. A plaque nearby reads, cared for by Boulder Way Incorporated. Uh, as you round the bend, you find Boulderay Heights School and its library. The musty smell of old books, stale parchment, and a hint of grass fills your nostrils. Small creaking building is stuffed floor to ceiling with bookcases, but several shelves are empty or missing books. Uh, to your right is a burly black feathered kenku with a sleeveless tunic bench pressing a bookcase. Beyond them is a curved reading nook with a black blanket over four busts. Sitting in the nook is a dragonborn sipping on coffee and scribing on a scroll. To your left is a desk where another Cancun with floor-length dreads. Uh, they seem to be drafting picket signage. I pull in mud and I say, and whisper into his ear so that no one else can hear, I say, whatever you do, do not engage with the Cancun. Don't say anything to them. Don't give them anything to work with, okay? Mud, mud gives Kyborg big old A-OK -okay sign and then yells out, Hello! No! My name yeah. is Mud. <laughs> I am a uh, druid traveler, and I'm here to... I've got a thirst for knowledge about politics. Who wants to talk about politics? <laughs> the burly Kenku who was bench-pressing a bookcase 
uh, stands up, looks at you, and in your voice repeats, Who wants to talk about politics? See, see what happens. We've got to take, uh, we're going over here. Kyborg, Kyborg, he's benching stuff. He's, he likes your kind of thing, you know, his muscly stuff. Yeah, it's impressive. Just wait until you're five minutes into this conversation <laughs> with him and you want to rip his <laughs> arms off. All right, go ahead, go yeah. ahead. Talking to you is like stepping on a leaf in autumn and hearing no crunch. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? I don't know. Thing? I'm really thinking that one over. <laughs> I did. Hello, what's your name? Hello, what's your name? All right, all right. Uh, can I look to see if there may be a name tag? Yeah, make a perception check. Nine. Yeah, I mean, you, you see it. The one who's uh, standing in front of you who was bench pressing uh, the bookcase has a little name tag that says Hardy. And the other Kinku who was to your left has uh, a name tag that reads Sophie. I bet his first name's Ed. And Sophie's making signs that read, you can't lose with Lewis, tighten the screws with P's and Q's, bring stinks Lewis for mayor. Mm. I'll try something. Okay. Is there a chance there's like parchment and quill close by? Yeah, it's on the desk to your left. All right. Do you think hey do you think if we if we communicate via writing they won't do the whole mimic thing right I I think you can give it a try but I think we're gonna probably end up talking to that dragonborn that's over there because that guy's not gonna make fun of us with his schoolyard pranks do you want to do that Sophie's watching you and says what do you do when you're not sure about something I don't know all right, I'm gonna go, let's go talk, I don't we're understand. Gonna, we're going to go talk to the dragonborn. All right, all right, let's go talk to that guy. Let's try that. Yeah, talk to the person that could talk to us first. As you try to get around Hardy, he keeps like kind of stepping in your way. Oh. Like trying to prevent you from going any further. Oh, that's fun. Hey, Kayberg. Yeah? Maybe if you show him that you're also strong and muscly, mm-hmm. it'll make a connection, <laughs> and then they might say something that's not some sort of weird riddle. Strong and okay. muscly. Okay. I go bench press the bookshelves that Hardy was built bench pressing. Ooh, make a strength check. All right. 19 plus 4, 23. Ooh. Yeah, you're able to easily bench press it. And, you know, Hardy's uh, staring very intently at you watching it and says, Ah, speak up, Sonny. And for Daya's sake, stand up straight. I throw the I throw the bookshelf at the kid. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I assume you don't actually do that. Uh, no, no, of course not. I would never hurt a child. No, uh, I just say, I just, I rack the weights or whatever. And I say, let's just go talk to the dragonborn. Juke, juke the kid out. Do like an athletics check to see if you can get around him. Can we? Yeah, at this point, Hardy is staring very intently at Kyborg. He's not paying attention to you, bud. Oh, okay. Then we go over to the uh, dragonborn. Well, you do. I'm going to. Oh, I go to the dragonborn. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, you walk up to Dragonborn with green scales, wearing spectacles and a three-piece suit. He seems to be uh, scribbling away on a parchment right now. You recognize this Dragonborn, actually. When you all first went into Mayor Prattle's office way back in episode one, this was the Dragonborn who brought you all co- your first coffee in this uh, adventure. Mm. I thought that was Duncan. No, no, no. You all encountered ah. Duncan at Infinite Headquarters. Oh. This guy taught us how to make coffee, I think. Correct. That is right. Is coffee a Dragonborn thing? Uh, I don't know. Is Duncan dr- Dragonborn? No, no, no. Duncan's like a, a little, uh, like a little tiny dragon. Huh. So Duncan's a little dragon, and this guy's a Dragonborn, which is an anthropomorphized dragon. Exactly. Yeah, Duncan's yeah. like a little pseudo dragon. Gotta be related oh. to the dragons, right? Coffee. I guess. All right. Hey, Louis. Uh, long time no see. Uh, how is it hanging? He says, oh, quite well. Just getting everything in order to uh, win this mayoral race. Right. You seem really choked up that Mayor Prattle's dead. Anyways. Hey, what? Oh. Ha. Uh, so, wait. Why would you think there's a mayoral race? Right. Oh, is it because he's missing? Well, it's election time. Mayor Prattle can't rerun because of a term limit. 
so we need a new mayor. Wait, what happened to the mayor? What happened to Prattle? <laughs> you know what? A term limit? That is a fantasy kind of thing, isn't it? Interesting, interesting. <laughs> what, uh, a, what, a, what a wonderland we're living in in this, in this <laughs> D&D fantasy world. Listen, you have an arm that shoots a cannon. Hush. <laughs> All right. Yes. Oh, sorry. I thought you might have gotten word from that somehow if you were running a mayoral race. Mayor Prattle... He, uh, yeah, had had a uh, accident. He's dead. He's dead. <laughs> <laughs> he. Okay. Good news. Bad news. Let's play that game. Uh, good news. Uh, Paralyte totally sorted for the moment. Bad news. We had some casualties during the sorting. Oh my! That sounds terrible. It is. Anyways, <laughs> um, so you're running for mayor. That's interesting. Yes, uh, I've always wanted the mayor's job. I, I feel Prattle, rest in peace, uh, was uh, was not up to the task. I intend to lead purely by the letter of the law. I think Mayor Prattle let himself get pushed around by the Infinites. And when I'm elected mayor, I plan to dismantle the Infinites and no longer involve uh, them in the town's uh, business. Ooh. I'm assuming that's why you have a blanket over busts over there, right? Ugh, eyesores. Oh, yeah. It's, they're just the worst, aren't they? Um, that, that sleek guy, he's, I mean, terrible. Speaking of people that are the worst. <laughs> actually, I have a question. Your two biggest uh, supporters over here are Kenkus. I'm not familiar with Kenkus very much. How the hell do you communicate with them as your supporters? Oh, they understand everything that you say. They just maybe can't communicate as easily back. Oh, like toddlers. Yes. <laughs> But I, I could not run this campaign without their tireless work on my behalf. I'm eternally grateful. Child labor. This guy supports child labor. <laughs> I mean, I've, I, we just came into town, and it looked like a huge majority of the town is really backing this Brink Tussler fella. What are you going to do when he wins? Ugh, listen. He's a witless oaf for sure, and he's making uh, big splashes by appealing to the lowest common denominator. But I plan to win the election fair and square. I know that people will see my policies and will show up in droves on election day and vote for me. Can I enter this conversation? Uh, sure. I noticed that the the bridge on the way here was fixed thanks to Brink, but your headquarters is a dilapidated school. Doesn't seem like you're doing much good for the education system of uh, this town. Well, once I'm elected mayor, I will make sure we allocate resources to the town services, such as the school, and uh, recent graduates like Hardy and Sophie over there will help let me know what's wrong and what needs to be addressed. Mm. Like enforcers. Yeah. Brink's being pretty proactive. I, I, I've got my eye on him. <laughs> well, I, I mean, you seem like you've got a solid dragon head on your shoulders and I feel like you've won me over and I like what you're selling as a new supporter of of your name Lewis Lewis Peace and cues. is there something I could do maybe to help give you advantage over this whole race is there something that maybe me and my friend Kyborg over here with our special skills could help with oh uh if you could uh help spread the word about my solid plan to reopen the mines give people back their mining jobs and, you know, put Boulder Ray back on the map, that would be great. Oh, and if you want to help uh, Hardy and Sophie make signs, that would be excellent as well. Wait, so you don't want to do clean energy? You want to go back to the mines? You, you, are you backed by the National Wand Association? <laughs> uh, Sangria Night is a, is a boon to Boulder Ray. It has uh, seen us through in the past, and it'll see us to in the future. Oh, oh boy. 
Just then, as y'all are talking to Lewis, you hear jarring footsteps clank from behind a row of bookcases. Out steps a hooded figure with two condescent orange eyes staring unblinkingly. An iron hand extends from beneath their cloak and points straight at Kyborg. Kydelius of Everwinter, Quadrant sends his greetings. Five, four, three, Find out what happens on the next episode <laughs> oh, of Tales from the Stinky Dragon. Quadrant. <laughs> Good lord. That was, that was so much happened What's just he doing? What's he doing in the library? <laughs> We're going to have to find out next time. Is there even a library after the explosion? What of Lewis? What of Hardy and Sophie? Well, I grabbed them on the way out, so hopefully they're protected. <laughs> I don't care about Lewis. He can just defend himself. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you guys next time. <laughs>